Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with the leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Peace and blessings, beautiful family. Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. How you doing, my love? I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. I can't complain. So let's talk about can African Americans appropriate African culture? I'm irritated already by the question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so irritated. (laughs) I'm usually a neutral person when it comes to certain uh, topics and questions, but this one is the dumbest. Well, okay. Let's let's give a let's give uh, give her some time to collect herself. Um, I think it all started when the Black Panther movie came out. Do you remember that wave? I'm also yeah, I remember that wave, but I'm also wondering was it the same It was it was uh, like the same idea that okay, we're going to give you a breakdown, a mental visual. Okay. Black Panther comes out or is about to come out. It's building anticipation. Black Panther is um a comic book narrative by Marvel about an African king in a imaginary place called Wakanda in Africa. And He's like the first modern black superhero in the Marvel and DC diaspora, which is, in fact, Blade was the first one. But nonetheless, but when the movie came out, a lot of African-Americans were extremely prideful. They, wait, 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 wait. A lot of African-Americans and Africans or a lot of African-Americans? I'm just talking about America first. Okay. Then we can I'll get to that. Um, there were African-Americans in droves going to the theater, the, the cinema, cinema, in dashikis from head to toe. Doing the Black Panther sign, the X across the chest, taking pictures in front of the, the theater. And once it opened up worldwide, I believe, maybe in Africa, they did similar things. But there were still like small rumblings of black people in America are appropriating African culture. You guys are wearing these things when you don't really know what they're really the real meaning behind them. Um, You people are looking crazy over there, uh, celebrating a, a, a fake country that doesn't even exist. That's just a small percentage. Now, let's fast forward to today when Beyonce came out with a, a, a was it a movie, a series, a, a short called Black it's is called, King? They now call, they call them video albums. That's what video album called Black is King. When she's celebrating her blackness, her her heritage, she's 
an entertainer, mind you, but she's celebrating the African diaspora, basically. And a lot of people in America and a lot of people are in the African continent are upset of the images she portrayed in this video album. Yeah. Thoughts. Mm. Okay, so um, I think as black people, we have very different stories, mm. right? But we were all birthed from the same parent. Mm. And even though you're birthed from the same parent, you're still two different people, right? Mm -hmm. On a surface level. We're two different people, but I think our foundation and where we come from is the same. Mm -hmm. So there shouldn't be an argument about the identity part, right? Okay. We are different and <laughs> I think that it's a little bit sad that any time an African-American person or someone that is just learning about their history is attacked, the first, the moment that they um, try to embrace themselves and who mm -hmm. they are, I think that's a little bit... Um, on another person's part who is knowledgeable of their selves and where they come from, it's a little bit um, disappointing that the first thing that happens is they get attacked mm. because it's innocent. You know, it's not a malicious thing to put on a dashiki, even though it's a dashiki to, that you're supposed to wear for a funeral, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like at least that person made an effort. Instead of saying, you are doing this and you're ruining blah, 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 just be like, hey, I don't think you should wear that one, bruh. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think you can use that opportunity to educate instead of degrade mm. or make someone feel bad for trying. What would you say if an African person said an African-American is not African? An African-American is not African. Well, I thought that for a long time. Mm until I learned about our history. Mm -hmm. The moment that I had knowledge about who we are as a people, the only thing that separate us, separates us, as Asa Fitness would say, is water. Mm -hmm. The only thing that um, changes our narrative is... Changes our narrative on a barter scale is... Um, where we ended up in the world and how we move differently based off of that fact. Like, um, let me formulate what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. I do want to acknowledge that in on the continent of Africa, there are 54 countries mm -hmm. with thousands of different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not just the hundred, but thousands, maybe the hundred thousands. There, there are that many ethnic groups with different customs and values and understanding of what, how they want to be as that ethnic group. Mm -hmm. So I can understand that it could be insulting for someone to see someone putting on a dashiki or putting on, uh, you know, a 
a Wakanda signs or whatever mm. to show their level of Africanity, but that person's trying to make an effort. Why not be supportive? The The reason why I feel like it's sad is African-Americans didn't choose to be here. You mm-hmm. know, African-Americans didn't choose to lose touch of where they came from. Mm-hmm. So the little bit of attempt to reclaim something that is part of their identity mm. is a beautiful thing to me and I don't think they should be deserved to be attacked for it. If anything, an African's part is to support. Inform. Inform and share mm-hmm. but not close them off. It's not it's not all Africans' responsibility, but I feel like it's it's just not nice. <laughs> it's mm. not nice to say to say that African Americans are not African. I believe that they are. We we have Africans all over the diaspora. You know, South America, uh all through the C- Caribbean, even in Mexico, there were uh slaves in Mexico. And even though we were ripped away from our culture, there's still ripples and a heartbeat from the continent that still remains there. Colombian music, or excuse me, Cuban music, a lot of the percussions and, and, and call a response that they use in their music today originated in the continent. Whether it be here in the District of Columbia, we have a special music called Go-Go. And a lot of the percussion and call and response and the dances that this music produced is a reflection of the continent. A lot of the slang, a lot of I idealisms the way we pour libations for fallen homies if a homie gets shot we will pour a little liquor out for him those are things that we're not necessarily conscious of that are similarities not conscious like it's not but not as blatant as putting on a, a shirt it's it still ripples from today mm-hmm. yeah and my point is that if those in the mainland understood this and seen that and maybe still practice those ancient traditions that wasn't taken from them due to colonialism and, and, and colonization they will understand that we are all the same people a lot of us especially in America they take everything from us they take take our language they take our idealisms and they basically brainwash us they they take our minds and give us bibles and and colonialism and beat our tongues away from us like and then we had to recreate ourselves after slavery we had to find out who our identity was, but we're still detached from the continent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, 
we had to basically create who we are today, recreate it. And not until recently, we maybe say like 60s and 70s, especially around the 70s where Earth went a fire. That's when we understood that we should love ourselves. We should love our ideal of beauty. We should love our natural hair. We should understand that we come from a different place and we celebrate that through music dance art if they won't accept us there's a reason why not talking about africans but like the european standard of beauty the european mind state the american quota they don't accept us because there's a reason why we are not them we come from a different place we have different parents we come from the continent. It's deep. It's deep. And I believe that on another scale on the continent, them being stripped away from their natural language. There's a lot of people in Africa who speak French. There's a lot of people who speak um, English. It's a lot of people who speak Arabic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They have also been taken stripped, stripped away from certain aspects of their natural state of being. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they had to recreate themselves as well. I also believe that African Americans and Africans have always borrowed from each other mm-hmm. and have always shared ideas and <laughs> ways of life without actually noticing or being knowledgeable of that. I, it's, it's, I, I don't understand the negativity and comments around African-Americans being this or that mm. when... Okay, no, I can understand it. I can understand it because for those who do say those things, I think that there needs to be a little bit more information Mm-hmm. about the history of African Americans because what's looked at is the result mm-hmm. not the reason behind African Americans or this or that let me oh, ask you whoop, I don't know <laughs> let me ask you this question in grade school in Zimbabwe what were you taught what was I taught um the history in Zimbabwe starting from a certain point in history. Um, they didn't really go into depth with the information. Also, I was in second grade, mm-hmm. so there's very little that I remember, but I know that most of my knowledge was uh, European-centered. Mm. Like, anywhere in the world, really. So, they never really talked about, I guess, second grade. You don't get that much information, but there's no... Zimbabwe History Month in Zimbabwe. There's no History Month in Zimbabwe. Uh, the history was already embedded into the education. Mm. I think the lack of information that we had was of other Black people. So it didn't really highlight the world. Black history, but mm-hmm. it just highlighted maybe who colonized Zimbabwe? The Dutch. Mm-mm. The British. The British. So was it m- mainly um, I British think history or? Well, I think the way that the educational system um, 
shared information about history. Mm. It was one-sided from the perspective of a European mm. as opposed to the perspective of the African. So I think that the story would begin from the mindset and the eyes of someone that was European rather mm. than it being a story that started from it being the perspective of a Zimbabwean. So to me, in America especially in a public school system or s- schools that's not centered about around African ideals or African knowledge. We're usually taught mostly about European history. Yeah. You're usually taught about what Europeans deal as science, math, or literature. Did you ever history. know who a black scientist was? No. And if we did, it was always in February, 20 day, 28 days in February. And it was all centered around Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, um, and, and maybe a few others. But one month out of a 12-month a, a year, especially in, 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 in black and brown communities, since grade school we're being indoctrinated to not even understand or care about African culture. What are your views about the education that you received? Um, Knowing that it stemmed from a perspective that wasn't your own and knowing that you didn't have those resources um, until a certain age, because I'm I'm sure that you did your own research, but... Mm -hmm. What was that experience like of not seeing people that look like you in history? Um, what did it feel like to not learn about Benjamin Banneker or mm-hmm. um, people other than Frederick Douglass and Martin mm-hmm. Luther King and uh, Harriet Tubman in school? What did that instill in you? I learned more about black culture from my peers than I did in school. Mm-hmm. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's intentional to it's intentional to teach or indoctrinate or instill European ideals into minds that in which makes us think like Europeans. How did that make you feel? Like in it, it school, made, like what kind of student it, did that make you? Did it make you bored or like um it didn't make me bored. It was just something that we had to do. Me personally, it was just something like, okay, I got to do this. You know, I didn't know anything else without doing my own research. I didn't know anything else besides what they were teaching us. Mm. It just felt like something we had to do. We have to go to school. We have to get A's in such and such class. We have to learn about these wars in history. We have to learn about these specific authors and literature, Shakespeare, you know, we had to learn about that. And it's like overbearing and doesn't really give you any space to try to figure out who you are, where your people come from. I believe for me, um, that it messed with my psyche a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is before that, um, I had the education that I received when I came to this country. But 
prior to that, I think that I battled with my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit sad now that I think of it now, but I would think in a manner that I didn't look like. Mm-hmm. So I, I would imagine as a little girl that, you know, beauty was not what I look like. Mm-hmm. And my heroes were limited to certain things because I didn't know that people who look like me could be heroes as well. And not not to say that I didn't recognize the people in my immediate um, space, meaning family. Mm. Like, obviously, I looked at my grandmother and my mother and my aunt as these really incredible and beautiful people. But on a larger scale, as far as the information that I received or who I believed was the ideal of beauty mm-hmm. did not look like me. And I think the reason for that was the education, you know, or how I was treated or how um, there were certain things, you know, that would be considered a form of racism mm-hmm. that... um mess with my psyche a little bit, you know? Like, there's there's certain things as a black girl um, that you can't really explain in that setting. Like, you don't really realize what's happening, but clearly somebody is treating you less of a person because you're a certain mm-hmm. race. Um, even though in that school we were taught that God loves everyone, you can see how certain people would be treated differently. So, for example, when I was in grade two or three, I left in grade three, but it was like in the middle of the school year. Mm -hmm. But um, this one teacher, I had written a paper and I said that I wanted to be Princess Diana. So confident about this paper. And, you know, like Princess Diana in the 90s, you know, that thing. She was like, you know, the Megan, well, a little bit, no, she was bigger. Mm. She was just the ideal of everything, a, a humanitarian, everything yeah. um, a beautiful soul spirit, you know. So that's somebody that I admired as well as Mother Teresa, because mm. those are the images of positivity and love and humanitarianism, all mm. of those things in one, right? So I wrote about, you know, my love for what she did for, you know, all people and helping the sick and the poor. And she just smiled. She was smiling the whole time as I was presenting and sharing this information. And (laughs) I didn't realize that that smile would come with a remark afterwards. She was just like, yeah, you will never be that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she she didn't say it like that, but she just said it jokingly, like "haha." You know that was cute, but that would never be you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I struggled. I struggled for a long time until coming actually here to the states that I felt proud of being black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because I was from a continent with mostly, let's say, 98, 
97% black people. Right. And it's subtle things because I don't want people to think like, no, that, you know, that wasn't my experience. But mm-hmm. I would give an example as in school, you could not wear your hair natural. Mm-hmm. It had to be straightened or it had to be in braids. You can't just wear a puffball. Mm-hmm. That was unacceptable. Um, or like, you know, some little cornrows in the front and the puffball. Yeah. Like it literally, the request of what they were asking people's hair to look like was almost as if they were saying, um, yeah, no, just relax it because we're going to have a problem if you have a certain hairstyle in your hair. Mm-hmm. So things like that that were subtle, like hair or certain things that were required that were impossible. I remember they also had ballet then, but constantly the the teachers, the instructors kept telling me to suck my butt in. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm this little girl with a round bum and literally I would get in trouble constantly and have to do the same routine over again because my butt was sticking out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's something that I couldn't control, but I always used to feel like, damn, like, why can't I just suck my butt in? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. why can't I just look like her? She's beautiful, you know, like, she's thin. Thin. And, you know, like, it's yeah. making me feel really sad as I'm explaining this, but it really, I, it, I really struggled with my beauty only because I was looking outside of myself. Mm-hmm. But it was everything around me that was perpetuating that. At school. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, felt like. Virtually the same thing in America. Mm. All we saw on TV or in movies or in comic books or in cartoons were European standards of this is what a man looks like. This is what a woman looks like. It might be a black person here and there. It might be an Asian person here and there. <laughs> but this right here is what America looks like. This is what we look like, you know, whether it be the Power Rangers, for example. Um, They had a Red Ranger, white dude, uh, Pink Ranger, white girl, um, Black Ranger, black dude, Blue Ranger, white dude, Yellow Ranger, Asian girl. You know what I mean? Never a black woman. Never a black woman. I mean, Sometimes later on, a white dude. later I mean, a black on man. down the line, they implemented diversity. But the very first representation of a black Power Ranger was, you know, just a side character. The guy who dances, the guy who shucks and jives, and the guy who tells jokes and wears colorful clothing with. Um, braids in his hair, you know, it's like the the cartoon stereotypical black person when all black people are not like that. Or in movies where they will have a 99% cast and one token black person in there. I'd like to bring up a point Mm -hmm. just from the question you initially asked. Um, And it's, you know, we criticize one another for what we do and what we say and saying that we're, you know, you can't do that because you're African-American, you're not African. Mm. But what about all of those rap stars Mm. in Nigeria and Ghana that Mm. believe that if you are doing hip hop, you have to be blinged out and you have to wear like the icy, icy of all iciness. The platinum teeth. (laughs) Right. But that's all African-American culture. So how dare you say that 
African-Americans appropriating when you're doing the exact same thing. Or even black hair. A lot of black women in America are the innovators of black hair across the world. The 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 slaying the slayage of weed. <laughs> weed. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that no. Eesh, I've seen some really bad weaves on the continent of Africa, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think without YouTube and resources of slayage and the edge control. Mm-hmm. I think the edges, though, started in um, the United Kingdom because I saw that way before <laughs> people were doing edges here, like some serious edges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Or even recently when people are now accepting their natural hair and that was, how that to was process. an African-American way. You know, yeah. so rather than pointing fingers at each other and say, you're not the same. Why not look at our similarities rather than our differences? Right. But yeah. culture, I was having a conversation on Facebook about with this young lady who was saying African Americans are not African because they don't share the same culture. But culture is different. Nigerian culture is different from Zimbabwean culture. You know what I mean? Different customs, different ideals, different ways they worship. You know, if it's traditional, non-traditional. Ethiopian culture is different from Ghanaian culture. Right. That's why, pause, I say that blackness or African people are not a monolithic people. We're not. We are a category, right? We're African. But then within the category of Africanity... Yeah, there it's like are an umbrella. Categories. Yeah, like you have. So yes, I think she was right by saying that. She but... was right, but just because our culture is different does not make us not African. If that makes sense. I hear you, but you can also have differences and similarities. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it just just because we weren't born on a continent does not make us different you have second generation nigerians over in america right their parents move here they have kids um those kids aren't really they still see themselves as nigerian proudly you know what i mean but they were born here in america and i hope the same for our son you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how does that differ from African Americans being born here? We didn't ask to come here, but how does that separate us from the continent? Okay. Maybe because we've been here for generations, five, six, seven, maybe ten generations. Like how at what what line did we cross that made us not African anymore. What I believe and what I interpret when I hear the statement African Americans are not African, Hmm. it's a mean way of saying you guys don't know who you are. Hmm. You guys don't have a culture Mm -hmm. because it was taken from you. Mm -hmm. And even though it wasn't your fault, you're dumb for it. Mm -hmm. You're not important for it. Mm. You... um, 
live the way that you live because of what happened to you. Like I feel like it's so it's almost what like what bullies do to someone that's already feeling low because of the state the their abusive household mm-hmm. and they're trying to seek acceptance and seek you know their way of life and identity outside from that abusive household mm-hmm. but they can't because every day when they try to like smile or try to see the positive in life somebody's gonna trip them up when they're trying to walk down the hall at yeah. school you know like I feel like that's that where you know that that person if you're knowledgeable about history, I'm going to talk about the people that have an idea of what happened to African-Americans. Yeah. And it seems like that just because we're separated by water doesn't mean that we're any different culturally, you know? Yeah. It doesn't define who we see, who we should see ourselves as a people collectively. You know what I mean? Jamaicans are different from Haitians. Uh, Haitians are different from Cubans. Uh, Cubans are different from African Americans. But that's but, what's beautiful about yeah. this. And I think that this, somewhere along the lines, there's this narrative that that's just wrong. Yeah. It's wrong to be, you know, different. different and mm-hmm. my culture is better than yours. And you don't know any better, but I, I can recite all of the family members in my family, but you can't. Yeah. That's just mean, you know? It's mean. And it's we're mean. the same people. Okay, if we were to be on the street and someone is discriminating against all of us, no, even if we're from different cultures, they you know, still you have see your Haitian, us the same. Cuban, they still see us the same. Yeah. So I think we have a responsibility as black people to appreciate all of our differences, mm-hmm. but also acknowledge our similarities. And the main similarity of knowing that we all came from the continent. And if we come from the continent, mm-hmm. the word appropriation shouldn't even be in the conversation. I think a lot of that deals with lack of self-knowledge, knowledge of our history as a whole. You know, just because, just the simple fact that we speak we're speaking English right now means that we're detached from certain instances in our history. Africans are 400 million years old. Like, we're the oldest people on the planet. It all started from Africa. We've traveled to each continent thousands of times before even Europeans were were even thought of before they were even conceived. Europeans only, the oldest bones they found were like 30,000 years old. But you have 400 million years of history, culture, uh, uh, idealisms, uh, traditions, religions, dynasties created and, and fallen before European idealisms were even created. If you really think about it, I, f- I believe and interpret black people to be the most diverse race. As in, even though we have our different category of races, black people, like they, we are so many different things, you know? I may look at you, but mm. I wouldn't know that you have so many different types of African in you, you yeah. know? 
um, well, you know, let me take that statement back. All different races have different um, ethnic groups within them. So, for instance, you can have someone that's half Irish, half Scottish, half Dutch, and half this, and blah, 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 woody, woody. So, the same thing can happen in, within black cultures. Mm-hmm. The, only prob- the only difference between someone like me, who was born and raised in Zimbabwe, you know, and has knowledge of, you know, I can trace back all of the different, how my family ties together. Mm-hmm. You don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the fact that you are African. Mm-hmm. You're a black man. Yeah. I think anyone that's black. Growing up, like we said, we didn't really have any images or positive things for us to look up to through the media mm-hmm. to be proud of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even in religion. I was shunned for asking questions about certain concepts in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, kicked out of Bible study. Um, to me personally, I didn't really see myself within the book. I didn't receive a reflection of myself. When I went to church and we had pictures of Jesus on the wall, Jesus looked nothing like me. Mm-hmm. A spark just lit up in me. It was like, okay, if this isn't me or where my people come from or my people didn't start off as slaves, where did they come from? So I had to go on a personal journey to figure out first, who am I? Where did my people come from? What is our existence and what did we do to that's benefit that benefited us on this planet. So I had to study certain musics, KRS-One, very pro-black, pan-Africanism. Um, I had to study <clears throat> John Henry Clark. You know, um, this is when YouTube started, and YouTube was like unfiltered. And I was learning, listening to different lectures from, from African scholars, you know, uh, Dr valentine and that just made me buy books (laughs) you know in order for me to like get an understanding of what they were talking about i had to buy books Mm -hmm. and then once i finished one book i had more questions so i had to buy another one and, and so on and so on and so on i understand a lot of people don't really have that same drive especially in the black community because it's either They've accepted their circumstance and are content with it. And don't get me wrong, we have a great history, a great culture in America. We produce some of the greatest music, some of the greatest art, some of the greatest fashion style um, language in the world. But in order to know where we're going, we have to know where we come from. Which is why... I don't see a problem with this Black is King video album. Mm. Um, First, because she's an entertainer. 
Period. Let's just say it for what it is. She's not a politician, and there is a level of activism as a black woman mm. that she is responsible for. And I commend Beyonce for taking that initiative yeah. of putting a form of activism in her artwork. Um, Real quick, or even sparking uh, the brain of maybe a little black girl who their, all their ideals of beauty or, or knowledge or knowledge of self comes from the Disney Channel or or Nickelodeon or what people love in hip hop. You know what I mean? That was my second point. Uh-huh. Because going back to the little story that I told you about of my experience in school and feeling that, you know, my beauty wasn't up to par with the beauty and standards that I saw mm-hmm. that surrounded me in school, but also just what I what information I was receiving from things that I that wasn't from my family. Mm-hmm. I, I knew who my family were, you know, beautiful people, lovely people, but there's also several certain level of things that you internalize through television and mm-hmm. music that gives you another perspective of what people are actually seeing and how you can feel about yourself from what you retain, the information mm-hmm. that you retain. But I think that it's really beautiful that we have so many different representations of who we are now mm-hmm. instead of one thing. Mm-hmm. So we went from tip drill and, you know, Nelly running a credit card through a woman's ass mm-hmm. to actually having an album that's caused so much dialogue, which I wish was more positive than negative. Yeah. I also think Beyonce is getting flack for the simple fact that she's a black woman. Because I believe if Jay-Z did it, it would have been a completely different thing. Or even colorism, a lighter-skinned black woman. That can be in in the conversation, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we have that issue in our... um, In black culture, in African culture. We have a problem with colorism. A real bad problem. Um, There's a lot of people... I know in the Caribbean, Jamaica, who bleach themselves because they feel that they will be accepted uh, more highly if there were a light of light I of complexion. I think it's universal. Mm-hmm. I think there are subtle things that are put on the market, like Ambi. Mm-hmm. Ambi is supposed to fade, be like quote unquote fake cream, mm-hmm. but you know what people buy it for. You know what I mean? And like, it, it doesn't only happen just... in Africa; it happens in India. It happens in. Asian countries. Anywhere that there is a black person, there are certain products that are put on the market for us that aren't necessarily um, there to enhance our natural selves, Mm -hmm. but to change our appearances. So there's a huge conversation we can probably have about hair one day, but the whole whole hair thing is political. we all we all know about the hair thing, you know? Like, people are like, oh, it's just a hat, it's just an accessory, whatever. But if you really look at the history, there's a reason for certain hairstyles mm-hmm. to be pushed. And there's a certain level of conversation surrounding what's professional hair and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, there's, I, I believe that the video album that Beyonce made, had it been a black male, would have been a different conversation. 
Um, I think it has a lot to do with what we are projecting um, out, which is what we feel internally about ourselves, Mm -hmm. subconsciously. Like, I feel like there are facts in what people were saying. Like, um, the lady who you were saying had mentioned that they're two different cultures. Yes, that's true. Um, another person was saying that she's glorifying, um, you know, people to be kings and queens when not all of the continent was like that. Yes, but we can argue to state that um, Batman, Superman, and all of these action heroes mm. in the comic books who portray um, other races to be, you know, heroes, knowing the history of those people haven't necessarily been heroic figures mm-hmm. what, like why isn't that a conversation or even in today's standard um Jay-Z and Beyonce are collectively a billionaire you know mm-hmm. and to me does that not and they're basically worship like they have a strong following they said the beehive you know um would they not be considered king and queen in those standards <laughs> yeah i see what you're saying you know what i mean like mm-hmm. in the visual album yeah that could be their representation of their wealth you know exhibiting yeah. their wealth and from the perspective and the eyes of what it would be like not in modern day africa because some people also argue you know like this is not us today but Okay, well, what if someone was in a position of wealth, but still carried their identity with them mm-hmm. throughout that journey of wealth? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like when you reach a certain level of wealth, it's depicted to look like what it would be for a different per- like what would it be for a westernized version of wealth? Mm. Mm. I hope I'm making sense, but. I, I, I loved the video and it brought me almost to tears because as a child, I didn't experience what Wami, it's second nature to Wami. Like mm-hmm. we've had a Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. That to me would have been a joke, mm-hmm. you know, before it happened. Like a black president. Yeah. And then on top of that, like my old instructor saying I, I'll never be a Princess Diana, but we had a black president. Michelle Obama. Yeah. You know? So things change. And I really love the effort that people who have that platform are doing to reclaim their own identity. People, no. sorry, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, some There's a side that's saying representation matters. Representation matters. Give mm-hmm. it to us. Give it to us. I like people that just do it. Beyonce mm-hmm. just does it. She's done so many firsts and so many people that came before her by just doing, you mm-hmm. know, not saying much. She's very low key. And then boom. Well, my guy said um, on one side, people say um, these celebrities need to speak up. These celebrities need <laughs> to say something about these situations. And when they do it, uh, oh, these celebrities are only doing this for monetary gain. Like, you can never 
make people happy. You can never. We're not fully. We're not ever fully satisfied. You can never satisfy people's needs, mm-hmm. and just the simple fact that Beyonce employed black people from the continent, from America. Every single body. There was not from the one. clothes, from the mm-hmm. visuals, from um, the music. Yeah. Every single person was black, and people still have a problem with that. Whether they're from the continent, like she, she has so many different representations of Africans from the continent. It's crazy. Not, not only that, she represented everyone. Yeah, I think everyone was brought. Like had a seat at the table. Yeah. So people like I, I, she was very strategic about it because someone could have said you just hired African people, mm-hmm. you know, but she hired black people from all parts of the world, all over the diaspora. Be, and not only that, she she supported small black businesses. Um, what is his name that we saw? It very. Popular Instagram photographer, mm-hmm. a kid named Trav. Travis. A kid named yeah, a kid named Trav. Um, you know, just growing with his journey. Yeah, somebody's up, but mm-hmm. growing at his, <laughs> growing with him on Instagram on his journey from where he started to where he is now, well deserved. But it's like, who would have known Beyonce was paying attention to that or her team? Mm-hmm. That's just very strategic. And it's strategic. Amazing. And- not only does she have a light on her, mm-hmm. but she brought business to those people. She brought business to those people. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. But um, at the end of the day, I believe that black people in America, even though we're separated by water from Africa... We are still African. We are still African. Peace and thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here's the quote of the day. African society and culture varies much more than European society, but it's just considered Africa as if they are all the same. John Barnes. Don't forget to subscribe and... Tune in to the next episode. Have a good one, family. Peace.